Hi, and welcome to episode 62 of the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life magazine. I'm David Averbach, CEO and publisher at iPhone Life. And I'm Sarah Kingsbury, Senior Web Editor at iPhone Life. Each week, we bring to you the best apps, top tips, and news in the iOS world. Uh, This week, we want to talk to you guys about the iOS 11 public beta. Uh, There's a public beta program, so you can be testing out the earliest version of the new iOS if for those who are brave enough to do so. Uh, Sarah and I have put that on our phones. I am not that brave. David, we're gonna kind of, <laughs> he can be here to compare uh, what his uh, iOS 10 features to our iOS 11. And uh, so we'll jump into that in a few minutes. First, we wanna tell you about our sponsor, Adam Elements. Uh, they just came out with a new product called the iClips Wizard. Isn't that right, David? That is correct. So Adam Elements is uh, one of our sponsors. They're this interesting company out of um, Taipei. And what they have is it's called iClips Wizard. And what it is is you plug it into your iPhone, and it's kind of like a USB drive for your iPhone. And so you plug one end into the iPhone, and it has external storage. Now, they've had products in the pla- past the iClips Duo, which has the storage built in. What's really cool about the Wizard, though, is that the storage is um, it's a micro SD, meaning you can swap them out. So it basically gives your phone unlimited storage. And so this is really useful for, and I, I'm saying iPhone, but of course it will also work for the iPad. It's really useful for a couple purposes. Number one, if you have a lot of photos on your phone that you want to store, but you don't want to pay to store them in the cloud, or for some reason you want to have a, it's really comforting to have an actual hard copy of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so having a solid a micro SD of, the, of your photos and videos if you have them. Also, if you're going on a long road trip and you want a bunch of movies, I know I've had this problem where like, if I'm going on a plane or something, I want to download a bunch of movies, but sometimes I'm getting pretty close to my storage capacity on my iPhone or iPad. So here you can load a ton of movies onto your microSD and then swap it in connected to the iClips wizard. So really interesting product. Uh, we'll put the link in our iphonelife.com slash podcast. Uh, you can go to adamelements.com and track it down from there as well. Awesome. Uh, now we also want to tell you about our tip of the day newsletter. Many of you have already heard about this and are probably already subscribers, but if you go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips, you can sign up if you haven't already to get one minute video tips, sorry, one minute daily tips that teach you something cool you can do with your iPhone. To get the video tips, you need to sign up for our insider program, which is our premium subscription. Uh, But for this, this is completely free to sign up for our daily tips newsletter. So we want to share with you one of our tips that's been popular recently and you know it's timely because it's summertime and people are traveling and that's how to make sure you're not getting roaming charges when traveling. Mm-hmm. And uh, so to do this, you just go to your settings app on your iPhone and at the top of the settings list, you'll see cellular or it's near the top there and you can just toggle off cellular from there and that way if you're traveling internationally, you can only use your iPhone basically when you're connected to Wi-Fi for for certain functions. Um, you also can go in and turn off roaming under these settings. If you go to settings, cellular, and then cellular data options, you can turn off voice and data roaming there if you're 
traveling domestically and just want to make sure if you get into a zone where you don't have coverage, you're not getting roaming fees. I would uh, make sure you check with your carriers before traveling internationally and also check on what your roaming charges are. My experience is most carriers don't roam within the U.S. anymore. That's kind of an outdated thing. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of people turn that off. But in reality, you may be using someone else's tower but not being charged for it. So it's a good thing to call and check with your carrier on. And same thing international. A lot of carriers, T-Mobile includes – it's. It's a lot of countries that are included in T-Mobile. Right. Well, Mexico plan. and Canada for Mexico sure. Mexico and Canada, and I think a lot more. I know Verizon on on our company Verizon plan. Mexico and Canada is included for free. But you have to be somewhere where there's actually a tower and you get service. Well, this is definitely true. But my my point is, before turning off cellular and assuming that you are going to get charged for it, call and check because it varies carrier to carrier and even plan to plan. And it might even yeah. be worth signing up for an international plan if you'll be there for a while and you're really going to need to use your phone. Uh-huh. So I would explore all your options for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that if you if you find yourself like you did go on a trip and you didn't plan ahead, then turning off cellular is probably just the safest because mm-hmm. you don't want to get charged. But I last time I went out of the country, I assumed it was going to be a bigger deal to figure out what am I going to do with my phone but it took me like a few minutes to call Verizon, get set up with a plan that just cost like $10 for while I was gone to yeah. be able to use my phone. So, you know, yeah, I'm just supporting what David's saying that it is good to it, plan ahead and call your your carrier. It's one of those things that I mean, in general the carriers have gotten a lot better as competition has gotten more fierce. They've gotten less the carrier models used to be let's try to find different ways that we can have surprise bills that are way too expensive for people. <laughs> yeah, it didn't seem like that was pretty, they that could get away with it. That was kind of baked into it, and now yeah. that's kind of gone away. And so it's really, I, I also, when I've traveled internationally, I'm a bit scarred from kind of the early days of mobile usage, but it's a lot easier now. Call yeah. up your carrier. You can switch to an international plan if you're not on one. Canada and Mexico are often included already. So it's not as big of a deal, but this is definitely still a really good tip to be aware of, which is that, your uh, iPhone is really useful when you're traveling mm-hmm. to Google different things. If you're in your hotel and trying to research, you know, trips or hotel or restaurants or things like that, or even to use uh, Google Maps. But you do need to make sure that you don't have cellular on if you if you are going to be charged, because a lot of places still charge you a lot of money when you're in countries to be using da- data. So it, yeah. the tip is still really valuable. Um, but to me, the tip, that's half of it, is knowing how to turn off cellular when you need to. The other half is knowing to call your carrier to get it figured out ahead of time to know. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you can always use Wi-Fi because most places you will be able to, like, do your research when you're connected to Wi-Fi and then not have your phone. But you're then not protected in emergency situations when you're out. Like, to me, it's a comfort if you're out doing an excursion by yourself in a foreign country to have your phone. Yes, so, it's true. <laughs> I think that it is nice to get that figured out ahead of time. So uh, to find more tips like this, go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips. We'll send you a tip each day to your inbox, teaching you something cool you can do with your phone, and it only takes a minute or less. Uh, so that way it's not a big overhead. You don't have to spend a whole lot of time learning how to use your device. And that's the beauty of the Daily Tips newsletter. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I mentioned to you before, we have an insider subscription. This is our premium subscription 
that is much more comprehensive in teaching you how to get the most out of all of your iOS devices. So if you have an iPad or an Apple Watch, iPhone or iPod Touch, or Apple TV, we also have guides for that, then you would really benefit from this subscription because we have guides that teach you how to get the most out of all of those devices and we have video versions of all of our daily tips. So if you have a little bit of a hard time with technology, or even if you don't, it is nice to have a visual walkthrough so you don't miss any steps and you're sure to understand uh, all of these tips really well. Um, and we've got two things in the pipeline that I want to tell you guys about because I'm really excited about both of them. The first one is we are releasing a collection of some of our favorite tips, and it's our hidden tip collection. So, mm. or hidden feet, what, what, what do we call features, it? Hidden yeah. features. And basically, what we love about this format of the one minute daily tip is you can discover things with your phone that you just had no idea that aren't obvious, even if you use your phone a lot. So, we put together a collection of those just for our insiders. Uh, of our favorite things that you didn't know you could do with your phone that are a surprise to you and really make your life a little bit easier. So that's coming out when? It's out. It's out. Yeah. So if you're an insider, check it out now. If you're not, subscribe to check it out. The second thing that uh, is really exciting, it's probably, in my opinion, it's always the highlight of the year for the insider program, is Donna's working on our, our iOS 11 guide, which is mm -hmm. partly why she has the beta. Uh, and so that's something that when the iOS 11 drops, there are so many hidden features, so many things that you didn't know you could do, so many changes that are going to confuse you. We're going to walk you through all of it. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've been thinking about the Insider Program, this is really the best time to subscribe. As always, we have a free 30-day money-back guarantee. So uh, if you try it and you don't like it, just send us an email and we'll reimburse you. Yeah, I'm really excited about this guide because uh, even though when you up when you upgrade to iOS 11, you'll notice a few things right away that seem different. There's like so many little things that are really cool that you could just completely miss. Yeah. Uh, and also, while you can find stuff on the web about these features, the guides are really great for walking you through exactly how to use them and get the most out of them, which is also not always obvious. So, iPhoneLife.com/insider is where you can sign up. Uh, we also have a feature with Ask an in, with uh, Insider called Ask an Editor, where you can ask all of your tech-related questions as they arise. Because sometimes you'll have something specific or come up that you need help with, mm. and uh, Sarah is the one who answers these questions. <laughs> so she's going to share with us one of our recent Insider questions and how she helped them out. Uh, well, recently an Insider emailed me and said that. Um, they wanted to remove a person or add a person to a group text message, and the option wasn't there. Um, you know, when you're in a group message, there is an I, a little I in a circle um, at the top right corner. If you tap that, um, there's a bunch of options for things you can do with that group message, including add a contact or remove a contact. But he's, <laughs> this, this reader is not seeing that option. And unfortunately, that's because you can only do that with group iMessages. Mm -hmm. So um, <laughs> you can also only name your group chats with iMessages. Group yeah. So, and by that you mean only people who have iPhones can use it because right. iMessages is an, uh, is an Apple I mean, not platform everyone, only. Not everyone with an iPhone uses iMessages, which I don't know why, but they don't. <laughs> yeah, um, that's true. But yeah, so only iPhone users who or or iPad or even like you can send iMessages on your Mac, but 
people who are using Apple products and iMessages only. But and you, this is why you should really only you totally be friends. Me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just had a really important joke. Only be friends with people who have iPhones. Go ahead, Sarah. <laughs> so if you make the mistake of having friends who uh -huh. don't have iPhones, um, you can create group messages with them. But if you want to change the configuration, you basically have to start a new group message with one fewer person or one more person, however you want to do it. So, so you have to find out then who doesn't have the iPhone? <laughs> I mean, it should be clear because usually text messages versus iMessages come through as green. Right? Oh, yeah. I yeah. always forget to look at that. Like, it's such a basic thing. I believe it's, yeah, green for iMessage, blue for, I can check right now, actually, to it figure is. this out. Yeah. But I yeah, think blue, blue is iMessage, green is not. But I think in this case, the problem wasn't deliberately trying to remove people of Android. The problem was because <laughs> it was a group text that had both Android and iPhone, you couldn't go in and remove somebody. You had to start a new group text. Right. So right. That's, that's how it works, unfortunately. So not totally helpful, but at least an explanation. <laughs> a side note is that I do, I'm starting to like Facebook Messenger and they have great group chat features. So you might just want to use that instead. Mm, interesting. <laughs> there you go. What do you like about it more than iMessage? I like that you can customize your group messages. You can make like funny photos and color themes and things like that customized to your group. Um, Rayanne for our last issue wrote a guide to Facebook Messenger Interesting. Uh, and she included uh, in our best apps issue, which mm -hmm. is out right now. And uh, she included a tip on how to start a group conversation. And when she was researching for that, Sarah, Ran, and Connor and I started a group chat. And so I wouldn't have done it otherwise because I don't like in general how Facebook like shoves Messenger down our yeah, throats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this was this was helpful. Cool. Nice. Yeah. So uh, if you want Sarah to help you with problems like this. Go to iphonelife.com slash insider and sign up for <laughs> insider. Uh, next, we now we want to get into iOS 11 public beta and tell you all about the features. Because I know from talking at least to most of my friends, a lot of people do not use the beta unless they're just diehard Apple fans because they don't want to risk anything weird happening to their phones. And that's probably smart. But if you're curious about all the new features and you are also debating whether to get the beta, we wanted to tell you about you know what you what you can get with iOS 11 and then also give you a few um, of our experiences of the trials and tribulations of iOS 11 <laughs> to help you make that decision uh, so first first should we share the problems <laughs> yeah I mean I, I guess I haven't had a lot of problems something went wrong when I was um, creating my you can create like social sharing now with your Apple music account and I think this is my fault but something went wrong and I basically had to re-download my entire music library. Uh, so I think, you know, you have the option to either merge with your iTunes library or uh, delete and replace. And I think I accidentally, I meant to pick merge, but I accidentally like chose delete and replace. And oh no. So you got to be careful when you're doing things with your iPhone is the lesson there. <laughs> That's not necessarily an iOS 11 beta thing. It's just at any time you're making a big change on your phone thing. Yeah, but that's still, like, in terms of people who aren't totally confident about knowing what they're doing with their devices, there are opportunities to do things wrong and to mess up your phone. So that right. is true, you know? And another downside of, I mean, and this happens sometimes just when you do just a regular update, but it seems more common whenever I put a beta on my phone, which is a lot of important settings that I've selected in order to save battery life or data or something 
gets changed. <laughs> I know that bothers me because I feel like I've, you know, over time with our tips and different things, I've, I've used a lot of those tips and it changed a lot of settings. So it would take a while to go in and change all of that back, you know? And yeah, and you don't always really realize, and then you're like, oh, background app refresh is now like on all the time and is using yeah. my cellular data. So it's a good, good idea to just do a quick swipe through your settings anytime you do a major update on your phone. Yeah, uh, I my experience with it is that it was extremely easy to switch to beta. Like that, you just yeah. go to the beta.apple.com, and there you can download, and you do this on your iOS device. So that just straight from that website, you can download the beta profile and then go into your settings and update your phone. And it's a simple process. You're, they recommend to do, Apple recommends doing an iTunes backup ahead of time, which I did meaning you have to plug your device into your computer and do that whole process there instead of just using iCloud. So it's a little more involved, but still pretty easy. Um, for me, it was the fact that they switched that setting background to app refresh. I noticed immediately that my phone was draining within like half a day. And I have the iPhone 7 Plus, and so usually my device lasts like probably two days. Mm -hmm. And so that was just really drastic, and I was really freaked out about it. I also think the beta one was way worse than the beta two. Apple last week came out with the next uh, iteration. I think they got rid of some of those issues. So changing that setting and uh, getting the beta two, I've been having a really good time with it now. But all yeah, these apps were crashing. Um, it was really glitchy. Did you have any? I'm still having like some apps are crashing for me. Like I was just playing with my Apple Watch settings earlier today and and it kept crashing as I was changing different settings. And that hmm. was a little, I mean, it's a little annoying. It's, I mean, pretty minor. Yeah. But if you want a device that works, you know, really reliably, the beta program might not be for you. <laughs> yeah, I think apps crashing is a big one. Battery drain, especially if you have an older device. Since I have the 7 Plus, which the battery is amazing in, um, it hasn't been too bad. But if you have, an, if you have like an iPhone 5S, that's the oldest device you can have and, and actually get the beta, the beta, you still might not want to put it on there. Um, also, apps that third-party apps are not necessarily going to work properly because yes. when the public release uh, comes out in September, all of the all of the developers will have their device, their apps ready for iOS 11. Mm -hmm. But right now, that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. So I've had a few apps just not working properly that I rely on and that that's been probably the biggest downside in my mind like you know I think that's something that people don't really foresee or think about but let, it can be kind of a big deal let me ask you this because one of the reasons why I didn't upgrade this time around was last time I remember you guys had a little bit of a hard time getting off of the beta when the, the operating system kind of actually became stable so when ios 10 went from beta to real it was like you guys right. were stuck in this weird beta land well, that's been resolved oh good yeah. actually i don't think that was a problem with ios 10 it was really ios 9 oh, okay. where it was i mean i lost months and months of data on my phone because you basically to deregister from the beta program you used to have to basically set your phone up again like delete that from your phone and then set it up again using the backup you made when you went on the beta program. Mm -hmm. so, so that'd be three months of data lost. Like, you, just, you know, games that I'd, like, Conquered. gotten so many yeah. points, like, just, <laughs> like, and also because at that time I was much more involved in the actual writing of the tips versus, you know, like, I have a sort of different role in that now. 
I had I was constantly making changes to my settings and apparently I'd made a bunch of changes and then not change them back before I put the beta on and so I yeah I had like an old backup with weird settings mm. and as a very, I felt like it took me months to recover <laughs> but now yeah. you just like smoothly get put onto the shipping version once it that's comes good because that yeah. was actually that's I might give it a shot because that was the thing that was freaking me out was like how am I going to lose a bunch of data? What's the switch to beta and the switch out of beta? So it sounds like just, to, and we're about to talk about the pros, I, mm-hmm. I expect, uh, but it sounds like in terms of the cons, it's really the fact that it, there's a risk of changing your settings, draining your battery a little bit more, and having third-party apps be crashing a little bit more than usual. Yeah. But the yeah. getting into the beta and out of the beta and not losing stuff in, in process is pretty smooth. Yes, I'd okay. say that's a good summary. Um, so what are your favorite features, Donna? I think we should definitely yes, go into that. let's get into that. So now the fun part about having the beta, it is really exciting to be able to test out the, yeah. the features early. And um, some of the big ones, control center, this may sound like a small thing, but I think this is my favorite new feature. That's awesome. So not only control center now takes up uh, a full screen instead of half of the screen, so there's room for more settings. It's also the biggest thing is it's customizable. In our Apple complaints and learning section, all of us have agreed that we hate that we can't choose what's on our control center screen because mm-hmm. all of us have favorite settings we want to be able to get to quickly. And so now you can go into settings and there's a, a control center area now where you can set what shows up there. So I have put low power mode on here, uh, which I can just get to quickly. The new do not disturb while driving, which we'll talk about in a minute, you can set manually from Control Center so that you don't get notifications while you're driving. And you can even record your screen. You can Yeah, that's a cool one. Which I don't know how that would be that helpful to the average person, but it's great for us. I mean I can tell you with our tips. I can tell you what's helpful for me, because I get one of the things about running a magazine like this is you get a lot of texts from people being like, my phone's doing something weird. What do I do? And then they describe it in a really vague way. So if I could have them record their what's happening and then send me that, or, yeah. that would be useful. In addition, when you take a screenshot, you can now, it sort of goes to the lower left corner of your screen and you can like open that up and mark it up. So if you like something funny happens with your phone or mm-hmm. you need advice, you can mark it up and say, here's the problem. Like, why is that setting not here? So that's useful. Yeah. I do feel like, I mean, already this has happened where people will screenshot things that people have sent them, but I feel like it's becoming more and more, like it's becoming such an easy thing to do that it's also a reminder to be careful about what you're sending people (laughs) and the things that you say because it's so easy now for that to be recorded and shared. Oh, yeah. But also marking up sounds really useful because I I do that a lot. Like sometimes even if I'm in an email rather than, and I want to share that, rather than forwarding an email, I'll just screenshot it and send it to somebody. And if I could mark it up and like circle the point that I'm trying to make and things like that, that like it's definitely a useful way of sharing information now yeah and we should always be careful what we say to people (laughs) yes Uh, what were your favorite features um i love the control center um live photos the live photos so i mean what's better about it uh the you can turn them into gifs and and you can share those gifs with non-iphone users which is very important because I apparently have terrible taste in men who like Android phones, (laughs) so now I can take funny videos of my dogs, turn it into a loop, and they can also see it. 
It's very important. Yeah. And, and the, what have you customized on your control center that you didn't have before for both of you? Donna, you shared hmm. a few of them. Um, you know, I haven't really customized a lot. <laughs> um, but I love that I can turn low power mode on and off for my control that center. Because cool. you used to have to 3D touch um, the battery. Did you? Yeah, you had to 3D touch the settings app, choose battery, and then turn the yeah. low power mode yeah. on and off. And a lot of people who um, maybe don't have many opportunities to charge their iPhone during the day and want to make that battery last, like to have low power mode on all the time. I do that when I yeah. travel. I don't do yeah. that because I have a 7 plus. It, it rarely runs out of battery. But if I'm traveling and I know I'm going to be using GPS all day, I'll preemptively turn on low power mode. And I like mm -hmm. that any of these little categories, you can 3D touch them and bring up a whole slew of more options, including right. like creating a personal hotspot and turning airdrop on or off. Um, these are all really, it just makes it so much faster. Mm -hmm. um, it's replaced 3D touching the settings icon is my favorite thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one more thing that I added on that's awesome is the Apple TV remote from Control really Center. I saw that, I was really jealous when yeah. I saw that. So that, um, you know, that app I love in general because it allows me to take over the TV from my husband. <laughs> and now I can do it so easily. It's like it's like in an old west, you're just quicker to the draw. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so that's great. There are a bunch of other cool features too. Did you have any other ones you want to talk about, Sarah? Um, oh, live photos you were saying. Yeah, I love live photos. Choosing the key photo is another thing you can do. Yeah. Right. When you edit the live photo, you now can select the frame because sometimes within those three seconds, there you know Apple's not choosing the moment that you want. So now you can go in and change that. So when you look at the still version of the live photo, you know without touching it to make it move, you can choose what that still version looks like. Mm -hmm. To me, and because I, I don't have iOS 11, but I have uh, an app that lets me do that, and that's made live photo be something that was a novelty that was kind of just fun to mess around with to being a must-have on. Because yeah. so many times, especially with group photos or things, you'll do a group photo and one person will be looking away or blinking, yeah. and, and it's like the photo's ruined. Whereas now, if you have live photo, you have three seconds worth of like, uh, whatever to pick leeway. the yeah leeway to pick the right moment and that's yeah. a big, that that makes a big difference yeah and you can also you as Sarah mentioned you can loop the photos you can also bounce which this is my new favorite one because <laughs> looping does a weird I don't know how to describe it like a blur almost at the end of the photo which I don't like whereas bounce just has uh, it goes moves those three seconds backwards and forwards which for yeah, a lot of I things I tend to use bounce more yeah like I had my three-year-old nephew blowing out his uh, birthday cake Aww. candles and just having him blowing them out and then moving back instead yeah, of looping it worked better yeah um, so that's fun so I haven't tried the iPad features much but I'm actually like I'm actually kind of thinking I'm gonna get a new iPad this year instead of a new iPhone because yeah. the iPad Pro is so cool and because the features in iOS 11 are really exciting. So I think you've they tried are. them, right? Yeah, I'm about them. But before we get into that, I think that's one of the things that's worth noting is just because we, we often have a lot of conversations in the office about this and we, we write op-eds and tell you guys what we think. But something I've noticed in terms of our in-office conversations is something switched with iOS 11 where suddenly all of us became obsessed with getting a new iPad. Where yeah. up until now, even though we were kind of, you know, at times right. we thought maybe it would be worth it because they're a little faster, whatever. Like, definitely the internal, like, the consensus internally in the office is between the 10.5-inch iPad, having the bigger screen, the same form factor, and the iOS 11, 
it really is a leap forward for the iPad. Yeah, it definitely is. And is that your, have you found that to be true, Donna? Yes, I have. And um, the biggest features that are awesome is drag and drag and drop and the files app. Mm. Um, Those are making it so it's a lot easier to manage like different projects you're working on. Basically, it makes your iPad way better for work and productivity. So drag and drop, you can press and hold photos or text, or there's basically a lot of things. With one finger, you press and hold. And then with the second finger, you tap other items that you want to drag and drop as well, and it will collect them together. So you'll see. That's cool. And then you can just drag it to where you want and drop it. And so that's something, I mean, it makes... Still, the iPad does not have a mouse, so that's going to be different than on your computer, but it does allow you to do those similar feature, like features that you have on your laptop where you can drag a bunch of files around, mm-hmm. and that just makes it so much easier. Um, also, the split view multitasking is like really a lot better too, right? Yeah, so if you use the app switcher, um, if you double press the home button to go to the app switcher, usually you would see a scrolling list of your apps the same as you would on your iPhone. But now you can see uh, different split-screen views that you've set up. So if you wanted to have in split-screen your notes app next to Safari so that you can take notes while you're reading something, you can have those paired together. It's called uh, persistent app pairings. So that when you close that and you go to your app switcher, you'll see those two apps there so you can get to that combination anytime you want, that's, which is oh, really nice. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you this, because one of the things that's been annoying to me and I have an, a little bit of an older iPad is when I travel I'll often end up bringing my laptop in my iPad because mm. I just can't quite work from my iPad. Yeah. Do these changes make it like able to work from your iPad to the point where if you traveled you wouldn't bring your laptop or you may even not have a laptop now? I think the um, the main thing that remains to be seen is the files app because the beta version is not completely fully functional yet Um, with the files app which is now it's sort of like uh, the iOS version of the finder on your Mac and so you can you can um, find your Dropbox iCloud Drive files uh, OneDrive Microsoft OneDrive so, but like some of those aren't fully functional yet and Google Drive as well Mm -hmm. and so you have to have good Wi-Fi you have to have good Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. yeah. But basically, I was playing around with that a little bit, and some some of those features are just like a grayed out option right now. Really? Oh, that's right. Um, and so it's a little bit hard to tell because I feel like a big thing if I, you know, we use Dropbox. Mm-hmm. So if I can really easily get to all the files I need, yeah, then that makes things easy. But if it's still a little bit clunky, then that's I mean, not going to work. I imagine totally. it also depends what you do for work. If you do any kind of like graphic design or need, you know, yeah, it's probably you're going to need a computer. Like, even a laptop might not do it. But really, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't do a lot of that stuff. And right. so I, I always thought I should be able to use my iPad for it, but I, I just haven't quite gotten there. Right. I think that this has the potential. I mean, I don't know about not having a computer, but I think for travel you could use it. Because, like, when I'm thinking about a lot of the convenience things, I think being able to, like, just do things quickly, with which with drag and drop you can. yeah. There is a learning curve. I feel like right now when I was playing with it, it doesn't feel intuitive right away. But some of that, it's like the same with, you know, we've used our computers for years and that's how we've gotten so fast at things. Mm -hmm. So some of it is like committing to it and deciding you're going to use these features. Mm -hmm. But now now I would say a lot of those features are there. Gotcha. Which is really cool. 
Okay, so my, my last question for you guys is, we've talked about the pros, we've talked about the cons. Given all of that, what is your recommendation for our listeners? Should they go to the beta? Is it worth risking the kind of instability of it to test out these new features? I would say if you are really excited about these features, none of the problems are so insurmountable that you shouldn't get the public beta. I'd say if you don't care that much, then it's why why bother with the hassle because mm-hmm. you know there are extra steps involved. Right. I, I would say it really depends how heavily you rely on third-party apps. Yeah. Um, if, Great point. If you rely heavily on third-party apps, don't do it. That's interesting. Interesting. Okay. And hey. also, once iOS 11 is shipping, any third-party apps that haven't been updated in a while will stop working. This is the like sort of doomsday for those apps that have slid by and just stayed on your phone and not updated. They're just going to stop working. So you might want to start looking into if there's any apps that you're really attached to that haven't been updated in a while. You might want to start looking to replacements. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, and let's make this our question of the week, too, is... Have you upgraded to uh, iOS 11 beta? If so, what do you think? If not, why not? So send us an email at podcast at iphonelife.com. Yeah, and just a reminder, like we just went over a few of our favorite features here. There's a lot more that we haven't covered. Yeah, I can link to um, a couple articles on those so you can really read more about them. Yeah, and um, as soon as iOS 11 is the public release comes out, our daily tips every day, we're going to have iOS 11 tips to help you learn that. And then, of course, if you sign up for Insider, you'll get our comprehensive iOS 11 guide. So uh, keep that in mind, iphonelife.com slash insider. And that wraps up this episode. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. And make sure to email us, podcast at iphonelife.com. Bye.